everyone. Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. In this episode, this is Oscars Part 2. I think that's what I'm going to name the episode. I've been watching a ton of movies lately, a lot of them Best Picture nominees. So in the last episode, I most I w- listened... What am I saying? I only saw Power of the Dog, and I it kept making me laugh because I couldn't really talk about the Oscars much because the only movie I had seen in the Best Picture nominee niz, nominees was Power of the Dog. But in the last few days, actually, I've just been watching a ton of movies, so I wanted to do an Oscars part due and see how every all the movies compare. And honestly, I've been I've been enjoying the process. I don't know why I don't do this every year. Well, probably because I'm depressed and busy working and don't have a lot of downtime. But anyway, briefly, I want to briefly talk about the 93rd Academy Awards. Again, I still don't know why it's called Academy Awards and it's also called Oscars. But so the for the 93rd Academy Awards last year, I, I... I'm looking at the list. I haven't seen any of these movies. Nomadland, which won. The Father. So I'm just going to go ahead and say I haven't seen any of these. The Father, Judas and the Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any of those. So at this point in time, I have no interest in seeing any of those, but I Again, I have been enjoying the process of watching these Best Picture nominees. So this is kind of an updated version of last week's episode. Well, I don't know when this is going to go out, if I'll have time to edit it, edit this down or whatnot. So I've been doing my best to try to stay off social media as possible, just because it's really been affecting my mental health. So I deleted Facebook off my phone. I deleted Instagram off my phone. Even stuff like Letterboxd, which I used to really enjoy going on there and reviewing movies. I don't go on there. I've been keeping track of the movies I've seen on an Excel sheet. An Excel sheet. So let's let's go through this. Um... So I'm looking at my Excel sheet for the movies I've seen. So I saw Coda. So basically, like, right after I recorded and edited... Actually, between recording and editing the last episode, I had seen Coda. So I kind of wanted to put a little disclaimer, or not really disclaimer, but like a little pin at the end of the last episode saying, Oh, I did see Coda, Um, but I ended up not doing it because I was tired of life but coda i watched with my wife we liked it a lot it's basically it's a coming of age story of this high school girl and she she, so coda stands for child of deaf adults i believe and i was surprised to see to read that it was a remake of a french movie but the movie is very good very solid Pat Walsh on We'll See You in Hell mentioned a comment like, if you're not crying at the end, blah, blah, blah. It's a very good movie. It's about this girl, her whole, she has a brother and two, and her parents are deaf, but she is hearing. So she had to deal with that growing up. 
and she was made up made fun of as a child growing up because she i guess she spoke like a a deaf or a person hard of hearing would speak in that kind of affected way and people would make fun of her and then as she grew up because she had hearing she spoke quote unquote normally or regularly or whatever and and she has become her the de facto translator for her family whenever they have to deal with hearing people like at town meetings and whatnot and then she finds this she loves to sing so she joins a choir and then her teacher says to her that she has very great potential to try an audition for the berkeley school of music which is a very prestigious school so she has the movie is about her struggles between her responsibilities to her family and trying to come into her own and do something for herself and becoming her own person it's a very good movie very solid movie it reminds me of ladybird you know it reminds me of any coming of age movie so ladybird is the best one in recent years in my opinion and ladybird i always compare to edge of 17 which i liked less than ladybird but ladybird came out after and it's a very solid very good movie at the time i i loved it and my wife still loves it after a little time had passed after watching it I started to have some issues, but I realized that it's more personal demons, personal issues, personal jealousy issues that I have with myself that I was bringing into the review of the movie. But basically, my issues were that this girl, you know, I as a as a failed musician myself, I know there are out there are people out there who exist who practice nonstop from basically like birth. They practice hours of day. They dedicate their whole lives to their instrument, whether it's an actual instrument, whether their voice is their instrument, etc. And they they do a lifetime of performances and competitions and events and all this stuff. And, the, and then they audition and they still don't get in. That's just life. Or they audition 50 billion times. And it takes a lot of work to to accomplish that, to become a musician in this world. So I just started thinking about how this girl, she loves to sing. And, you know, they they try to sprinkle it in throughout the movie. In the beginning of the movie, she's singing. And it's like, is that really enough to solidify her foundation in music? I'm not sure. But at the beginning of the movie, she's singing. And then when I watched it, I was cracking up at how they had the shags in the movie. Because that's a whole different story. But look up the shags because that's an interesting story. And I play the shags for my wife all the time, and she always laughs because the music is terrible. But, and when they when they play the shags, I think they're called the shags, in the movie, I was cracking up with my wife because it's like, oh, it's that song, My, my Pal Foot Foot or whatever, and we started laughing. And I was like, this movie gets a bunch of points for putting the shags in this movie. But then I started to think, oh, they just inserted that to make to make the point that, oh, she's really into music, that she knows all the weird stuff. Like, that's how into the music she is. And then I, I kind of got sort of annoyed by it. And then, like, she joins choir basically on a fluke because she hears that this guy that she's attracted to is joining choir and she her overhears it. So at the last second, she's like, 
choir. I'm joining choir. So that's the that's the impetus of her joining choir. That's the reason, or that's the reason they give in the movie. And then at the end of the movie, they even make a point where the judges at the for the Berkeley School of Music, who the movie does a good job of hinting at, they're a group of pricks just arrogant pricks but they were like um miss rossi you you've taken one class in choir and you don't have much of a history with music and then ruby goes i'm sorry is there a question so they they insert it into the movie and i'm like they probably inserted that to critics to people like me who are pointing out like how is this girl gonna get accepted into this music school and i think the point that the music the movie was trying to make is that yeah, this girl is that talented. She's that naturally talented and she has that much passion because she, even though she only has one class in choir her whole life, she's still that good. She has that much potential to get accepted into this school. So that kind of bothered me. Um, so I went back and forth with Coda. I, it's, I still think it's a really great movie. I like it a lot. And it, so here's a point in the movie's favor I, I tried listening to Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now, and it didn't affect me. And then I tried listening to um, Emilia Jones's version, and I started tearing up in the car while driving. So that her version of that song is now it's tied to a memory, and the memory is good. So it it did affect me in a really good way, a really positive way. Also. The best moment, I think, in the movie is when the father tells her to sing for him. She starts singing, and he puts he puts his hand to her throat, which sounds menacing, but it's not at all if you watch the movie. But it was such a beautiful—like, that's when I started tearing up in the movie. I didn't tear up at the end while I was watching the movie— but during that moment, um, I tried to hide my face from my wife, but she didn't notice or she didn't mention anything. But I, that was a very powerful moment. I, it was a great moment. So Coda is great. It shoots like... So a, after I watched Coda, there had been two movies I saw in the best picture category, Power of the Dog and Coda. And those two are... I mean, Coda shot straight to the top after i watched it i highly recommend uh, another slight criticism that i'll just inject is that it's it's vanilla like one time i i wrote a i made a remix for a song for a, a competition or something and they told me that lead synth is vanilla and i was like what the heck is he talking about basically by vanilla i just mean it's it's a straightforward story and it's like a happy ending there's not a lot of darkness to it not that it needs to be but there's not a lot of edge to it it's just a straight a to b happy story with a happy ending and my i had a joke that i thought of that i'll say now but spoiler alert if you haven't seen or if you care about star wars the rise of skywalker fast forward about 15 seconds if you're if you don't want to be spoiled but i was like so th this girl like everything just seems to fall in place for her like this bitch's grandfather better be emperor palpatine or something eh? um all right that's the joke anyway so it, it is just very much a straightforward a to b story with a happy ending so that's and it, it 
it could be construed as derivative of other coming of age story. I relate to like every coming of age story except for the ending when they come of age. Like because I, I can understand the struggles, I can understand everything you need to do to learn, grow, develop. And then at the end there's this turn where they become their own person. I'm still waiting for that to happen. And I'm 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 old enough to be, you know, nearing death at this point. Anyway, the next movie that I watched was Dune, except not 2021. I watched Dune 1984. I don't want, I don't know how much time I want to take on Dune 1984, but it was interesting. The weird thing, I, I bought the stars. There was a deal on stars where you can pay $2.99 a month for four months to put stars onto your Hulu. And then after that, it goes up. And that was how I watched Do 1984. For, I don't know if there was an option to have English subtitles, but for my TV, for re, for whatever reason, the only subtitles they had was Spanish. And I couldn't figure out how to change it. So I watched the movie without subtitles. I usually like subtitles. I just, I just prefer it at this point. Um, I know my wife prefers it because English is her second language. But I have... I, I'm not going to say I have hard of hearing. I kind of have hard of hearing, but I just like having the subtitles there. It helps me. So I watched it without subtitles, and I couldn't really follow the story for most of it. It was confusing. But from what I've heard, I heard it was very confusing. I'm sure it's confusing regardless of subtitles or not. The story is convoluted. The char- Here's the thing about the characters. like There's a character name that I can't pronounce or remember. And the position, their position in the movie, like like Karbash Jr. is the mentat of House Atreides, but the mentat of House Harkonnen is Jabalubububababa. What's what is a mentat? That's that's what I'm saying though. Like even their position, their character position in the movie. Uh, I, the whole thing was confusing but there was some interesting things like some i don't know if it's practical effects but the worm effects the creature effects are cool i did like mclaughlin in that role the emperor was weird and crazy and over the top and there's this doctor putting a needle to the baron's face i'm sorry did i say emperor's over the top i meant to say baron this doctor is putting a needle to the guy's like i don't know pimples and bubbles and he's like your disease is beautiful like it's disturbing it's gross and um it's a shame that dune kind of dismisses it and disregards it and hates that he did it but there i would say there's a lot of good that came from it i i was you know, like last night I was looking up similarities between Dune and Star Wars and how, you know, Dune, the book, came out in 1965. I guess it was a big hit. And Star Wars came out came out 1978, I want to say. So, you know, George Lucas, I'm sure he read it and I'm sure it was an influence because there are a bunch of similarities. But Dune 1984, I'm glad I watched it. And I'll get to the 2021 version, but I was surprised to see how similar, like a lot of the events. So it's like I don't, I don't really understand how anyone could hate the 1984 version, 
and then love the 2021 version because they hit a lot of the same story beats and they were very similar in that regard so it's like they they're i don't know they were i was just surprised when i watched the 2021 version i was surprised to to see how much was familiar from the original nightmare alley i i really wanted to i still want to watch the original i might i might get the criterion when it goes on sale but according to joe and pat the original is really good and worth watching and i can't find it anywhere streaming so the the new one i was very bored for the first half i want to say the first hour and a half maybe two hours of the movie i was very bored it just didn't click with me it just didn't hit but i thought the movie started to get interesting somewhere in the middle towards the end when kate blanchett's character entered the frame and joe and pat actually thought she was very boring in it but i liked her character and the movie kind of took a turn when she went in and i i started to like the movie when she came in everything before it it was just a lot of i don't know maybe all of that was part of the book or sorry maybe all of that was part of the original but just the first half they're introducing all the characters i guess they it just bored me i didn't understand it i didn't understand the appeal and it became intriguing when he met dr lilith whatever her name is i i guess all that beginning part was just to establish the foundation and establish the characters but i don't know i thought it was mostly boring but i liked the ending i liked the second half and you know interesting message of a rise and fall of person because of greed and all that stuff i still don't really know why she why the doctor why kate blanchett's character shot him i guess it was to to keep the money and betray him and get rid of him but i i don't know it i remember when she shot him i was like what 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 just happened it was kind of weird but i still want to see the original i watched this is i still want to talk about it but this is not well should i talk about bad vegan because it has nothing to do with the oscars i'll just skip it i'll just skip or maybe i'll be brief bad vegan i i enjoyed the doc i I binged it real quick i it's the same thing i i same feeling i had with that sex cult the nexium sex cult where i don't want to victim blame but at the same time i verily there i have to admit there are thoughts inside of me are like man you guys are all dumb but i know they're not all dumb and the thing that it reminded me of was i had an ex-girlfriend who whatever she said whatever she wanted me to do i was willing to do it because i wanted to please her i didn't want to disappoint her and i remember one time the worst offense that she did was she she's like hey i need to go to la because she was in san francisco at the time she's like i need to go to la for my choir group and i paid for her trip i so i i sent her money i paid for her trip to go to la expecting that we would get to hang out because i was in la at the time and then she didn't text me the whole time she was here and then the the next text it was like a mass text she sent out she's like uh i'm leaving to go back Th- thanks for having me i sorry i couldn't see everyone but bye maybe next time so i paid for her trip to come down to la and she didn't see me and then she went back home and it i was 
upset i was bummed but that's how that's how i relate to it so like when you get roped into these cults or when you meet people who you just who you like who maybe you love at the time and you want to do anything to to not disappoint them and to make them happy and make them to satisfy them and that's what this girl got roped into and even though she like hated him at times whatever he asked she's like fine i'll do it and i don't like obviously she's very smart she's not dumb and she it just the story becomes interesting because you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars and that's what makes the story interesting but it's a good doc it's on netflix i think it's four hours one thing they didn't reveal i I wanted them to reveal the the background of that guy of shane fox or whatever his name is anthony fragilia fragilis they didn't really reveal like was he just some chump like did he have any ties to the government or the cia or anything or was he just a loser who i don't know it's 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 fascinating to me when people are able to manipulate others without threat of violence or without beating them into submission but like i said like my ex never beat me and i still was at her feet i forget the phrase but beg and heal every beck and toe i don't know the phrase i'm sorry guys i'm sorry the next movie i watched was being the ricardos briefly let me so after nightmare ali i had seen three of the best picture noms and so power of the dog and coda are vying for the top and nightmare alley is a distant third place and at the same time i'm thinking like power of the dog like it was good i liked it and it made my wife and i think and talk about the movie but best picture nominee i me personally i don't know probably not coda again coda is probably more up there because it's it's very funny it's i mean the interactions with like the husband and wife like marley matlin and the husband were hilarious and i like to laugh i like that's what makes me enjoy movies so coda is probably more fitting but at the same time it's it's so vanilla it's so straightforward like almost like there's no yes there's this whole deaf element to it but at the same time other than that it's a straightforward movie so nightmare alley was very bored but again the oscars seem to award almost like not the best picture but the longest picture like the longest artsiest boring movies anyway i watched being the ricardos not great i didn't think it was it was okay but i probably haven't thought about lucy in years decades but as a kid i watched the show because it was always on when i was a kid i grew up in the you know i guess 90s 80s 90s and it was always on and it was funny but you're a kid watching these four adults get into these hijinks and you don't really appreciate it at the time but i only really watched it as a kid and i was probably more aware of it than i actually enjoyed it because again it's i mean it's a family show it's there's no cursing there's no like real edge to it but it was funny and it's just interesting now to like well i'll get to it but 
being the Ricardos, it was okay. It was fine. I watched it because Javier Bardem was nominated for Best Actor. And I was surprised to see that Nicole Kidman was nominated for Best Actress. I guess we'll get to that later, but... Well, we can get to it now, I guess. Javier Bardem, I think I can see. I can see it more than Nicole Kidman. And the movie... The best thing that this movie did was, again, it made me think about the actual Lucille Ball and how much that show had an effect on me in my life. But the movie, it's just, it would jump back and forth between past and present. And that wasn't all that clear to me. It was kind of confusing at times. And Javier Bardem, like, it's, he doesn't look like Ricky Ricardo. He doesn't sound like Ricky Ricardo. His voice is much deeper and I guess that's not really the point, but Nicole Kidman, I mean, I always think of that. Here's another joke that um, I'll never tell anyone. I saw on Twitter today, the Twitter said, don't comment on women's bodies. And I was like, is this a comment on feminism or is this girl auditioning for Stomp? Oh, man. Um. Anyway... I I know people don't like when people comment on people's bodies, but Nicole Kidman doesn't look like Lucille Ball, but Nicole Kidman doesn't look like Nicole Kidman. Uh, That's all I'll say, all right? Because it's going to get real dark up in here. So, like, I don't think Nicole Kidman deserves the best Oscar Oscar nom. It's just, I guess I'm... I guess I'm struggling with this movie and the performances because I was so familiar with that show and those characters growing up. And they just, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I guess I'm not a big fan of biopics either, but I don't know. I just, they didn't really ring true. I I can see more Javier Bardem for the actor, I, but, you know, we'll get to that. But like I was saying, this made me really think about Lucy and the show. And I actually ended up watching a documentary called Lucy and Desi, directed by Amy Amy Poehler. And it's a very good documentary. I started to think like, how much? Because it says directed by Amy Poehler, right? But obviously they inject a bunch of the footage. So like they inject a bunch of old pictures and footage and tape recordings. So like how much does she how much does how much directing does she have to do for that a documentary like that? And then someone else wrote it. I still don't understand how there's a writer for documentaries. Maybe it's the person who writes the questions for interviewees to answer. I'm not sure. Maybe Amy Poehler is the one who directed the the interviewees as well and someone else edited it. I don't know. Anyway, it's a very good documentary, and it really hits the spot if you're interested in hearing more about Lucille Ball after watching Being the Ricardos. And like Pat Walsh, I vastly prefer documentaries over biopics. And something I was very disturbed with was they were showing young pictures of Lucille Ball as a young woman, and I found her to be insanely attractive. And she started off like as a model. And I was disturbed because as a kid, I only knew her as like this older woman. She was like my aunt figure. And that's even more, I feel that even more so because 
I have an Aunt Lucy. So it's always like, oh, we have an Aunt Lucy and there's this show called I Love Lucy. So she, she was always like an aunt figure to me. And then now I'm older, wa- looking at these like young woman pictures of Lucille Ball and she, I found her to be like really attractive. It was like, it was like, ugh, like f- looking at a woman who is old and at this point very dead and being like, attracted to her like but i never thought of her as beautiful because like i said like looking at her as a kid at an older woman i and her hairstyle also to me it was always like it was always up and curly and it that that to me is a very like old-fashioned kind of hairstyle and then to all of a sudden see these young pictures like whoa she's never thought of her as beautiful but she is beautiful but i highly recommend the doc lucy and desi and i recently purchased the i love lucy complete series and then i also noticed that the whole series is available on paramount plus which my brother has a password for so anyway the next movie i watched was don't look up i want to say for the first two hours of this movie I absolutely hated it. My wife equally hated it. It was the first two hours were boring. I was completely uninvested in the story. The story. Adam McKay used to make great comedies. A- Anchorman is a great comedy. It's a comedy classic. Let me look at his filmography. Anchorman, he wrote and directed Talladega Nights. I. It doesn't really make an impact on me. Step Brothers is very funny. The other guys, the first half is very funny. Anchorman 2, I haven't seen. And then he started making like these political movies, like Big Short, Vice, Don't Look Up. And here's the thing. You want to be funny? That's fine. You can be funny. Go ahead. You want to be political? That's fine. Go ahead. Like, do whatever you want to do you do you i thought the comedy attempts at for in the first two hours of don't look up were abysmal i thought they were like pathetic um i said pathetic weird right now pathetic i really didn't like it and like pat pat walsh's comment on the he's like why would you cast these two beautiful people the two of the most beautiful people as these two nerdy astronauts that really didn't bother me my wife thought that well my wife thought that Katniss looked ugly in the movie because of her haircut and she thought that Leo and Katniss were bad in the movie but I think she just hated the movie so much that they came off as bad I didn't think they were bad in the movie I thought they were fine I thought Leo Leo was great he's always great but like in the middle of the movie me i i would hug my wife and be like we can get through this we can get through the end don't worry like i was joking but not joking as well i i hate it like throughout the whole movie i just really didn't like the movie and my wife and i hated the old man character like the steve jobs type character i forget his name no i don't mark rylance he's doing i don't know if that's his actual voice but every time he entered the frame like the whole movie was death and when he entered the frame it was burial and resurrection like that's how that's how bad he was i officially hate jonah hill you know i i was never really a fan like i i don't i don't love super bad like the rest of the world did and 
everything he else else he's in he's i just i don't like him i'm not a fan i thought his comedy attempts in this movie were pathetic were abysmal here's the thing like at the point where leo starts screaming and i will say the movie does a great job in that moment where it's like everyone shut up i am i am a scientist i am an i am telling you that the the world is ending i'm telling you that this comet is coming to destroy us and we need to stop we need to do something and i really like that sequence i like that moment and it's not it's not funny it's not supposed to be funny so i feel like if you want to make a a commentary on this then make a commentary i this movie would have been so much better as a drama if they cut out all the stupid attempts at humor i mean it's how i feel about the marvel movies as well but this the comedy attempts were abysmal and i to the movie's credit i wish i could say i didn't laugh once but that's not true i laughed at ron perlman's scenes he's he's in a few short scenes and he kind of steals the movie in terms of the comedy like when he's being quote unquote inappropriate when he's going up in the rocket and he's talking about indians and gays and whatever that made me laugh and then when he's shooting at the comment that comet that made me laugh but i laughed you know three or four times in a two and a half three hour movie a comedy movie so if you want to make a commentary if you want to be political do it you don't also have to try to be funny it the combination of the two is for me at least is really not working and at this point it's become the joke between my wife and i like oh your favorite was don't look up right it's like oh yeah the best was don't look up it's become the joke like that's how much we hated it but basically from the point that leo makes melts down on air towards the end it became an okay movie for us just because the mute the comedy was toned way down I also laughed when Katniss, every time she brought up that that general um, charging for snacks, that, that, was, that was a funny gag. I have to admit and give it to the movie, whatever. I mean, the last part of the movie is not going to dismiss the abysmalness of the first two plus hours of these just really bad, pathetic jokes. And the way I compare it is like, you watch Hangover, and then you watch Joker, and then something you might say, or something that I think is like, I can't believe Joker was made by the same guy who made Hangover, because it's such a turn, and I love Joker, like, Joker's a masterpiece to me. I, you, I can't believe it's made by Todd Phillips, like, the same guy who made both. But this movie is the opposite, where you go, I can't believe this terrible movie was made by the same guy who made Anchorman. It's like the opposite thing opposite statement so don't look up is a distant distant it's not even last place for me it's should not have been nominated i mean i prefer stuff like i prefer because i like documentaries i enjoyed before the flood more because it's a documentary it's a good documentary it gives you the facts it gives you his you know his opinions it's very serious and there's not a lot laugh in the thing there's also rarely a laugh in don't look up but he's trying to mix comedy with political commentary or, or whatever and for me it's not working i'm not i'm not a fan it's if you want to make a comedy make a comedy if you want to be if you want to do a documentary or a political commentary do that but trying to combine them it's it's not 
it's not working for you. Um, that's my opinion. Um, uh, who, how do you get nominated for best picture? Like who votes for these things? Who, I guess there's a group of old whites that congregate together and choose. I, I don't know. We also watched Drive My Car. Drive My Car is getting accolades. You know, we liked it. And it's a long movie. It's like two hour, two, two, what is it? 290, it's not 295. What does that mean? No, it's, hold on. It's 179 minutes. So it's like, two, it's 259. Sorry, I got confused. Um, It's a long movie. It's a slow movie. But in terms of narrative, in terms of structure, I would say it's very much unique it doesn't fall in the same i wouldn't say it falls in the same like three part structure or it just it's hard to describe we did enjoy it but for us it's not at the top of our list it's just it's one of those it's exactly one of those long kind of slow kind of boring artsy movies that would get nominated for best picture for me i feel like it's it's saying something that i I can't hear, I can't listen to, I can't understand. I'm sure there's a lot of symbolism and a lot of meaning in the movie, but it kind of just went over my head. We enjoyed it fine. It was entertaining. It was interesting, but not at the top of my list. Like, I I barely have anything to say about it. It's worth watching. I'm glad we watched it, but that's really all I have to say about it. Um, I kind of really didn't get it. Even even though we liked it and enjoyed it, I just it's kind of just there. So I watched Dune twenty twenty one. I liked it. My wife liked it more than me. She puts it in a three way tie between Power of the Dog, Coda, and Dune twenty twenty one. I think it does a better job of trying to tell the story than the nineteen eighty four version. Just like simply with one line where. This guy comes to the Atreides, house of Atreides in front of everyone or whatever. And he says, the emperor has assigned the house of Atreides as the steward, as now the steward of Arrakis. And you will now take charge of the spice production. And that is some, that was, that was one line that made it clear of kind of the impetus of the movie. And I didn't get that in the original like just little touches like that where i feel like the story and the plot is more streamlined in the new one rather than the first one i mean the first one it's like a close-up of this girl i think it's virginia madsen the first one is it's kind of weird choices maybe that's in the book i don't know i did like the new one the jury's still out on timothy chamelay i was laughing at we'll see you in hell because Pat Walsh was saying, like, I don't know how grown women like Timothy Chamelay. He looks like a little brother. He looks like a child with his shirt off. And I couldn't agree more. You know, I asked my wife, what do you think of him? And she was like, he's cute. And so I can see that he's cute, but he looks, he does kind of look like a little boy. He's very skinny. My wife said that too. Like, he's just skinny. And Aquaman even makes a joke. He's like, oh, you gained some muscle. And he's like, really? And he's like, no. Uh, I thought that was funny. I think Rebecca Ferguson is insanely attractive. I was making a joke to my brother. And, you know, they make a similar comment on We'll See You in Hell. But I was like, Dune stars Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man's girlfriend, 
whatever Oscar Isaac's character was name was in Star Wars. I still I can't. Oh, I I just got it in my head. Poe Dameron. It also stars Aquaman. It stars. I was gonna say the the bad guy in Pirates of the Caribbean four or five or whatever because of Javier Bardem. But my brother referred to him as Ricky Ricardo, which is fine. And then I said, speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean, it stars Will Turner's dad, because he plays the Baron. It stars the hot girl from Mission Impossible. It stars Thanos slash Cable from Deadpool 2. It's just, I don't know, I don't really have a point with all these things, but Joe DeRosa was like, did you just spin the wheel of comic book actors and put them all in this movie? I thought the movie was fine. I thought it was interesting. I think I mentioned earlier, it's interesting to see how much George Lucas pulled from Dune. But at the same time, when I'm thinking about the story of Dune, I keep thinking like, is this story really worth putting into film twice now? And there was also a miniseries. The story seems just very convoluted and confusing. And it's almost like George Lucas took the framework and some of the characters of Dune and then turned it into something much, much better, much more streamlined and much more interesting and fun. Although with all the novels and series, and I'm sure it's not as streamlined, I'm sure it's convoluted at this point as well. But it just just doesn't seem that fun or interesting of a story, but maybe I'm wrong. I am kind of interested in reading the books i'm not sure if i ever would after i watched the scar joe ghost in the shell i ended up i ended up buying this three-part book set this manga set of ghost in the shell and i haven't i am glad i own it but i haven't read it and that was like months ago so i feel like if i buy the six book set of dune it might just sit here but i don't know Uh, but i am i i'm curious as to why people just think that this story deserves to go on screen because i don't know it's just the story just doesn't seem that great to me maybe that'll turn around in part two i i remember one part in the original dune where they were like there was a short narration where he was like paul and chani grew close and like it basically it felt like it was fast forwarding the story a bunch in 10 seconds but in the book it 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 would be like a whole book's worth of story so maybe i should just pick up book one first to see if i like it rather than the six book set but i don't know i don't know if i'll ever do it i also watched benedetta it was good for some reason lately i've been in the habit of starting movies and like watching a few minutes at a time and then stopping it and then jumping around i'm not sure if it's my attention span or what but at one point and they all happen to be french uh, now that i think about it they all happen to be french lesbian movies benedetta blue is the warmest color and titan I've, i i watched a few minutes at a time and then i stopped titan is not my thing i haven't finished it but at one point, she jams like a chopstick up her cooch to like try to kill her unborn child. Like, I'm like, why am I watching this? I'm going to try to finish it just to say that I finished it. I haven't finished Blue is the Warmest Color, but I, I'm enjoying it. 
Benedetta is good, although towards the end, I feel like I kind of get bored and disturbed by some of the stuff. But it's interesting. I That was like uh, centuries ago. I wish we had just... I don't know how accurate the movie Benedetta was, but um, interesting movie. Virginie Efira is attractive. That's all the movies I, I watched, but I want to just look at the at the nominees again so best picture i'm gonna run through the list i apologize if you hear my dogs i'm like keep on barking like stupid ass bitches so for best picture there's belfast which i still know nothing about it's not streaming anywhere i would have to pay to see it and i might but i probably won't coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard King Richard, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, I would have to pay to watch. And I have a feeling I just won't. King Richard, I am don't really have any interest. I mean, I, I'm not really, I don't really watch tennis. So the only, I'm familiar with Venus and Serena because of their names and from the brief headlines I've seen, but I, I didn't follow tennis. I, so I'm... I'm not interested in tennis. I'm not interested in Venus and Serena. So why would I be interested in their father? That's how I see it. Licorice Pizza, Pat Walsh puts towards the end, the lower end of his P.T. Anderson movies. So I don't have much interest in that. There's also Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. West Side Story is on HBO Max. We I'll probably watch it. I don't have much interest because i'd i'd rather just watch the original but uh we'll see so in terms of these best picture nominees at the very 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 end of the list it shouldn't have been nominated in my opinion opinion is don't look up towards the lower end in my opinion is drive my car and nightmare alley well they they could be like third place third fourth place and then Dune would be my, like, I know I just said third, fourth place. But at the top of my list right now is Coda and Power of the Dog. And then after that would be Dune. Here's the thing, like, Power of the Dog, I don't think I'd ever watch again. It was very long, very slow. I liked it, but I don't know, man. Best picture? Like I said, they just go for the longest, boringest, slowest, artsiest movies. Coda doesn't fit that category. Coda is very entertaining. It's very funny. I feel like I want to pick Coda just because it's it's so entertaining and good. The only problem is it's like, I don't know. But they don't go for most enjoyable movie or funniest movie or satisfying movie. They go, so I don't know. But I, at the top of my list is Coda and Power of the Dog. But I might give the edge to coda even though the movie had no edge to it at all there's it doesn't really deviate from that coming of age formula i don't know i I really liked the i started to think about emilia jones's performance and first of all she's british and then i i saw a brief interview like a i watched 30 seconds and then i turned it off but she had never fished she had never sang and she had never signed before this movie. So 
I think she took nine months of signing of American Sign Language lessons. I'm I'm not sure how how long she took singing lessons for. But when I think of that performance, that and she's doing she's British, so she's doing an American accent. And I started to think of that end performance that she does at the end of the movie. So she's singing in an American accent and signing at the same time. It's like a very, very layered, nuanced performance. I don't, I don't know why she didn't get nominated. I mean, her performance surely is better than Nicole Kidman in being the Ricardos. Maybe they just, maybe she's like, oh, she's too young. She has a whole future ahead of her. She, she's gonna get nominated and she'll win down the line. But we better get these older actresses out of the way first before they die. But I loved her performance in it. She she just put on a heck of a performance. Best director. I know I'm going through these again, but again, it's because I've seen significantly more movies than last time. Best director. I haven't seen Belfast. Drive My Car. Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Drive My Car. P.T. Anderson. Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion. Power of the Dog. Steven Spielberg. West Side Story. Okay, so... The only new one I've seen in this category is Drive My Car. I'm still going to give it to Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Best Actor, Javier Bardem being Ricardo's, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. Okay, so not much has changed. I should have prepared more for this part of the episode. I apologize. For Best Actor, I'm just going to give it to Benedict Cumberbatch still because I thought he was a great... His performance is really great in Power of the Dog, and I think it's better than Javier Bardem's in Being the Ricardos. Best Actress, still, the well, the only one I've seen is Being the Ricardos. I, I haven't continued Spencer with Kristen Stewart. I forgot about it. But I, I don't I don't even want to give it to Nicole Kidman, even though it's the only movie I've seen. I'd probably give it to Jessica Chastain, even though I haven't seen The Eyes of Tammy Faye. So here's one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. This is a juicy one. So Best Supporting Actor. I haven't seen Belfast, so I didn't see Ciara and Hines. Troy Kotzer in Coda as the father. And then there's Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, Cody Smith-McPhee, Power of the Dog. I hands down give it to Troy Kotzer in Coda. It was a a really great performance. I mean, he did comedy, he did emotional, and it was such a layered, again, it's such a layered performance because he's putting his hand to his, this actress who's playing his daughter in the movie, and he has to play it like he's being touched. But at the same time, like, I don't, I'm not sure how deaf or how hard of hearing he is, I'm going to assume he's completely deaf, but at the same time, he really can't hear her. So it's like how much acting is going on, but at the same time, it's not his daughter. So hands down, I'm giving it to Troy Kotzer. Um, That's the biggest takeaway in this episode, I would say, is because I had seen Coda, I'll give it to Troy Kotzer. Best Supporting Actress, only one I've seen is Power of the Dog, so I give it to Kirsten Dunst. Um, Best Screenplay, Original Screenplay. Man, the only one I've seen is Don't Look Up, and it was terrible. Why did this get nominated? How did that movie get nominated for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay? It was terrible. I better end this episode soon before I burst up.
pupil best adapted screenplay i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to coda over power of the dog you guys should watch coda if you haven't yet it's on apple tv i think it's five bucks a month just or do the free trial and watch it it's a great movie i'm gonna give best adapted screenplay to coda best animated feature film i went into this category at length in the last episode i plan on watching the mitchell versus the machines soon because i know lord and miller did that movie but as of right now i still give it to raya and the last dragon best international feature film the only one i've seen is drive my car so i'll give it to drive my car i think that's pretty much it so best original score don't look up dune Encanto. I still give it to Encanto. I honestly, I don't know if it's the fault of my TV or what, but I was trying to watch Dune and maybe I need a sound bar or something, but I ca- I had to put the volume up to hear the dialogue and then put it down when the music was going. The music was, it was kind of annoying. There would be like all of a sudden like this, like weird choral inflections and these big percussive like incongruent like without rhythm big like drum hits i don't know i'm i'm sure it fit well with the movie and han zimmer is a very great composer but and maybe it it, it it's a better experience in a theater but at home it, was, it maybe it's a mixing issue and it has little to do to do with the soundtrack I don't know. Dos Orguitas for best original song. Did you guys listen to Dos Orguitas, Dos Orguitas, Dos Orguitas? That it sounds exactly like Little Mermaid. That's all I got, I believe, for this. We don't have to do sound. That's all I got. I hoped I'm probably going to watch the West Side Story remake. Why did they remake it? I don't know if I mentioned this last time. But three of the Best Picture nominees are remakes. West Side Story is a remake of the 1957. Or technically, it's a, a, a second adaptation of the stage musical of the same, pl- same name. So I don't know if you want to call it a remake or not. Maybe it's not a remake. But Nightmare Alley, it's a second adaptation of the book. And Dune is another adaptation of the book so maybe they're not remakes but it's like they already made movies of these things and so three nominees for best picture are west side story nightmare alley and dune it's like kanye west said do anyone make real shit anymore i ask because i'm not sure that's all i got thanks for listening i hope you're well i i don't think we'll ever speak because I deleted all my social media. So this is just a crazy man ranting into the void, which I prefer. I I also I also try I don't promote this podcast in any way. I prefer it that way. I I think if no one knew that I existed, that's my ideal life. Thanks for listening. Stay odd and keep on playing.